Well, welcome back to another episode of the Parenting Pathway podcast. I'm Pastor Dave Carl, your host, and I'm joined today by one of my favorite people, Pastor Steve Fisher. We're uh, both on staff here at Stonebriar Community Church in Frisco, Texas. So thanks, Steve, for putting yourself through another one of these. My pleasure, Dave. Well, today we're going to talk about the topic of mentoring and being mentored. Um, this this kind of relationship is standard, even required. I, I have a friend who was in the banking industry. They simply assigned him a mentor, and they met regularly. It was it was a part of his job, um, and obviously, well, not obviously, but entirely surrounding finances and um, job performance and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, ironically, in, in the Christian arena, in the pastor arena, this, I guess they're just assuming that we're going to go off and do it because it's fun, but it, <laughs> it, it, it's, in my experience, it's not been very formally structured. Um, occasionally talked about, but um, it just seems to be a very laissez-faire um, yeah. perspective on it. And I think that we, in particularly in the, the, the Protestant church of which I operate, this is sorely lacking. Yeah, Dave, I, 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 I agree with that observation. And, and it, it seems that... Um, we have um, sort of substitution substituted the, this world of this word of accountability partner, and it sort of became blended in with a mentor. And I think they're two distinctly different approaches that that you take. And so, you know, accountability is has been, and and uh, I understand why. Clearly, the um, language we would use at the expense of, I think. Um, the mentor-mentee relationship, um, and I do think they're they're separate functions. Um, the the accountability groups that I have both been a part of and have been told about is predicated on we're all running around sinning and we need to do that less. So let's yeah. let's meet once a week, <laughs> once a month, whatever the structure is. And make sure that we're not running amok. Yeah, it's, it's almost as if it's the, the Protestant version of the um, confessional is has been my experience that you have this accountability partner or and the purpose fun, you know fundamentally seems to be to um, confess all the sins that I've done, um, receive some penance, some scolding, and then go forward and stop sinning and, and stop that sinning thing. Yeah. Is, is sort of how it has devolved into. And again, the, the topic that, that you're bringing to the table here, um, the mentor-mentee relationship as, um, I think, a very positive forward movement yes. as opposed to a backward-looking um, confessional. Now, there's, there's places for both. Absolutely. I, I don't think they're interchangeable. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, and I think, you know, this is probably an appropriate spot to talk about you know, we don't want to be talking about a thing that we haven't defined for very long so this mentoring um is perhaps i'm looking for i'm feeling the need for a mentor because i want to proceed 
and of course there can be a mentor in any industry or for any topic today we're specifically talking about mentoring for spiritual growth and formation so that's that's the context that that we're talking about today so with that in mind i feel stuck i feel confused i i can't figure out some of my own stuff i need help um and i want i want to move toward christ but i don't know i don't know what's holding me back i don't know what things i could do to change i need i need help um and going to a church service and sermon weekly or a bible study weekly serves a purpose but the mentor mentee relationship is the mentor is finding out about my soul that can't happen in a room of a couple of hundred people or a couple of thousand people that that's a one-way communication stream and that's very important i need to learn from scholars and pastors their perspectives on scripture and but that's a that's a one directional flow of information. I need somebody to know me, kind of get their fingers into my soul and start looking around and commenting on what they find. Because I need to untangle my soul. And that, that can't happen in a very in a structured preaching teaching guy up front to the people in the rows of chairs format yeah so so dave do, do you think that there is a distinction we kind of drew drew the distinction when accountability you think there's a, a distinction and again a commonly used protestant word um called discipleship you think discipleship is a subset or mentors a subset of discipleship, or do you see them also as a as a different relationship than as we begin to hone out, hone down what a mentor and what a mentee looks like? Do you see a distinction in that in that word we use, discipleship? I, I think the way that we commonly use that, it's it's better. It's better than I'm going to listen to a guy preach, but in my Protestant circles that I've grown up and been around my entire adult life, that that tends to mean learning. Yeah. And the mentoring is is a messy, um, two way. Vulnerability is the key. What one of one of the more important of the keys of the factors involved and it can it can only be done either one-on-one or one on two or three mo at the most yeah so you you know i i i think that's right dave and and as i was kind of thinking it through kind of why i posited the question to you is that in in my experience within the church world um it, it discipleship connotes to me um, a, a great deal of obedience, teaching, which then follows obedience, mm-hmm. and um, 
obviously there's a place for yes, that. Absolutely. But, but the mentor-mentee relationship, I like the word you use. It is it is somewhat messy. And, and I think as I look at at what a mentor can be, and perhaps even what a mentor should be, is to help the person untangle their soul, yeah. not for their soul to be obedient to my soul or obedient to um, my um, pathway through um, the intimacy with God that, that believers crave. And so the sloppiness comes in and the difficulty comes in in that mentor-mentee relationship when you are not trying, in a sense, to gain an obedient um, clone of yourself. Right. Um, you are really um, helping the person discover who they are in Christ through a consistent um, presence um, and and that takes some maturity on the mentor spot that they yes, don't, does. Um, you know, inadvertently basically say, um, be like me and, and it'll be okay. And here's my pathway. And that's where the messiness comes in to be able to tolerate God's got a plan for their life. And that's absolutely true. And you get to be this beautiful shepherd or this beautiful person along the way to help them discover that, not for them to be only an obedient discipler of Christ and only to be a accountable confessor of Christ. But those are all subsets of, of I want to know, you know, what, what God has for your life, David. It's different than mine, even though we serve the same God. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's, and help remind me to, to dive a little bit more into that later as we talk about um, what this, what the mentor yeah. Is is thinking and doing, and and I would suggest, and and I do talk with with guys on occasion, and they have attempted something like this, and it's gone very badly for them. Yeah. So you do this good thing with the wrong people, and it will go badly for you. And if that has occurred, <laughs> I would I would beseech you to not give up hope. I mean, if you've been to a bad attorney, that doesn't mean don't ever go to a, you know, don't look, give it all up. Right. There are bad everythings out yep. there. And I, I promise you there are good mentors out there. And if you've not found one yet, they're out there. Um, yep. But yes, a bad one will try to get you to become, as you said, a clone of them. That's that there's everything wrong with that. Correct. Yep. Um, yep. So, yeah. Help me, help me loop back around when we get down sure. there. So the Kung Fu movie. <laughs> I love the Kung Fu movie genre. Um, and it's, and Star Wars is a Kung Fu movie in, in my mind. And the, the pattern and this, this can go very, very quickly here. Um, Cause you know, I can use way more words than necessary <laughs> to, to describe a very simple thing. But the Kung Fu movie is predicated on there is a kid, usually, sometimes it's a, it's a woman, um, but there's a, a, a kid who's got something special about him, and he knows it, and everybody else knows it, um, and then the bad guys come into town, 
they come riding in on their black horses and they steal all the villagers' food and they perhaps take his his mom and his girlfriend and ride off with them. But he knows he's a little bit special. He's got something. And so he jumps up on a log and he takes out one or two of these marauders in in high fashion. And he's he's pleased and everybody else is pleased. And then the leader of the group, the, the baddest of the bad guys, turns back around and just destroys this kid with whatever, his weapon or a bit of kung fu magic or what. I mean, the, the kid is is left face down in mud and horse manure, and he, he does kind of a bad push-up just so that he can see them riding off with his mom and his girlfriend. Right. So he's completely failed. His specialness is now embarrassing. He doesn't understand it. Why didn't it work? He was, and then usually at that moment, some old guy in a robe with a crookedy staff pokes him in the ribs with a sandal and says, are you ready to train? Because that was embarrassing. And in short order, sometimes you have to convince the kid, but the, and the better ones, the kid is going after the old guy. Like I need to be trained. That's, that's the better kid. But then they go into the training sequence and the, the, the mentor character trains this kid um, on the kid only wants to know how to fight. But the wise guy, not the wise guy, the wise old man, he's training for something other than just fighting, but the kid doesn't know that yet. He'll figure that out later. And often the kid will quit training too soon to go off to rescue somebody um, and usually risk everything. Um, but somehow he comes out with his, his head still on his shoulders, a little bit wiser, and now he realizes he's going, he is going to go back into battle, but for totally different reasons. Yeah. It's for the village. It's not to show off. He, he is going to rescue the people that need to be rescued. But if he dies in the process, that's fine. So now he's wiser. He's fighting for different reasons. Um, and that's, that's Star Wars. That's a lot of, um, a lot of our, our favorite movies are based on that kind of structure and it hurts my heart that it's not called the christian movie genre because <laughs> this is the story of scripture and we are not okay by ourselves my my common sense is jacked for me to trust my own common sense is just foolishness, particularly when I'm going into things and places I've never been and that are more complicated than I understand. So I wish it was part of our the whoop and wharf of, of the Protestant Christian church. Oh, all right, young man, who's your mentor? You know, Dave, as you were... <clears throat> kind of walking us through that using the the, the movie motif um, to um, kind of lay on top of, of, of the Christian story, which I absolutely agree. But, you know, one of the things as you were recounting that, that, that hit me that again, in, in recounting the movie motif, 
that again is consistent with the the Christian story is that um, we we usually don't get um, our it doesn't get our attention or we don't activate to those higher level goals until we're broken yeah until we are beaten down meaning the the whoop and wolf of the human being is that I don't need one because I'm okay like I'm at and until we are placed in a circumstance where God intercedes and says you are not okay I think it 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 is that part of human nature that that we don't seek mentees and I think there's a lot of that's the story of the Old Testament right all the way through it um, God, come and save me. God, I got this. God, come and save me. God, I got this. Yeah. God, and it's this, this, you know, sine wave throughout, um, throughout man's um, story at that particular point. And I think the movie captures that motif, you know, brilliantly. You know, you, you don't get that um, without being broken. It doesn't seem like, and, and I think that's the truth also. And, you know, our pews, our chairs, um, you and I, in terms of the work that God has allowed us to do um, ind- individually, recognize we see a group of men, and us included, and we see there's a bunch of broken men out there. Mm-hmm. But there's little realization in many people that they are sitting there broken. Yeah. They are accumulating knowledge. They are accumulating worldly success. They are accumulating um, all of these idols or all of these sort of medals to wear on their chest that are you know, preventing them from even realizing that perhaps there is a, a grander um, uh, aspiration yeah. or a grander victory that I can, that I can really seek. And yeah, it's, it's in that movie, the guy's gotta get the stuffing beat out of him before he realizes, huh, the magic I had isn't gonna make it. Exactly. I, while, while you were talking, I was getting the picture in my head. We, the story of, of Job, where Satan approaches God and says, I want to, I want to, I want to attack Job. And I would use my, my hands here to show you, but this is an audio. So I want, (laughs) I want to, I want to hit him two feet into the air. And God says, uh, six inches. So God is mitigating minimizing what satan wants to do but i think in the way that you were describing this i think satan often will go to god and say i want this guy to just coast along and i want things to go rather well so that he doesn't wake up and god says no i think you need to you need to kick the stuffing out of him as you said which i think was an old testament term (laughs) um and wake him up so yeah. I think I think sometimes Satan's darkest aspiration for us is mm. comfort. And yeah. when we when we see the marauders metaphorically in our life riding off with what we care about most, we instinctively feel like God has turned his back on us. Yes. And it yes. would you would you that's what you will come up with on your own. Yep. But if you had an old guy in a in a nasty robe and a crookedy stick, he would say, "Oh, son, this is wonderful. Yeah, God, yeah. God is thick around you now. Don't mess this up." Yep. And that's what a mentor would do. 
Yes, I, I think that captures it beautiful. I know, you know, you and I have <clears throat> have prayed for um, sometimes a breaking in couples that we've worked with or men that we've worked with as sort of the way in, so to speak, because they are so confident and as a result, so blind and all of the wonderful uh, preaching, wonderful teaching, wonderful reading, wonderful relationships, um, their strength in their eyes um, prevents them from, from being broken until, as you said, I, I believe God allows that breaking, not because he's, he's cruel. Clearly, that's not one of the attributes right. of the God we serve, but rather he loves me so much and realizes, okay, I, I, need, to, I need to draw him down to recognize his need for help. And and that can be a controversial statement, but Dave, as I see my own life and I see others' lives, it is that um, uh, relationship um, point of entry in that point of, I, I can't do this anymore. I mean, th that is the first step of the, of the 12 steps. Lord, I can't do this anymore. Yep. And the second step is, Lord, I know you can. And the third step is, I will let him. So those three steps, I can't. You can, and I think I'm going to let you. That's where this mentoring opportunity, I think, um, uh, bubbles up uh, most often at that point. But a lot of work has to be done. And, and I think you, you referenced earlier, you know, mentorships that um, have not gone well. I would suspect, there's no empirical data on this, that they really entered into a mentee mentor relationship because they, they thought that was um, an, another badge to put on their, right. their coat of, 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 of rewards, so to speak. And when it came time to really make some of these behavioral changes, I, I don't know if they really felt like they needed it. You know, it, 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 it can become, the ones that have gone bad, I'm not sure entered into it with the right, in the right posture, uh -huh. you know? And, and, and that changes things. And it's hard. Uh, it's hard. Well, it is, it is a, a mess. The outcome is never certain. Um, and, but desperately, desperately needed because we're lost by ourselves. Right. Amen. Let me ask you, did you ever have a mentor? So I, I knew you were going to ask me that that question, Pastor Dave, and and um, in, in all transparency and candis, can, candidness, um, sort of my pathway in terms of of this particular topic is 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 a little odd. So I will answer that yes and no. And it seems that if all of the significant male relationships in my life, starting in my family of origin through my um, uh, formal education days and in my business days, I, I was able to, for whatever reason, I would look at these men and quite frankly, I do, I would, um, whatever they're doing, I'm gonna do the opposite. Whatever they're doing, I'm gonna be, do the opposite. <clears throat> I don't know if that's been a mentor. I think that's more observational because there was no sort of intentionality, um, purposefulness, in those discussions. So to be candid, um, I, I, I haven't. 
and and that's by the grace of God, I, I think, and, and why I'm so excited about talking about this topic now, because I, I think by the grace of God, I kind of navigated through some things, but I'm not sure it was the right way. So I just observed people, leaders, authorities in my life, and they all had some tragic flaws. And something inside of me said, I, I, I don't want to do that. So I guess I'm going to do the exact opposite. So a very unintentional mentor relationship. Well, I think, and because I, I don't want to cast this in some unattainable light, I, I think when, when you have a good mentor, there's a bunch of stuff that you find out about him that you don't want. Yeah. And that's, I mean, expect that. Yes. Um, yeah. It would be bad if that's the only thing you're getting out of the relationship. And what you were describing was, you know, from a distance, perhaps, you know, across the desk or, you know, they were teaching from up front. And that's that's different than a mentor mentee. But that's yeah. that's all that most men are left with. Yes. And so that is that's a wise thing to glean from all that was offered. And yeah. if you've not learned to not do stuff from tragic people around you, you're not paying any attention. Right. So right. By, by all means. Um, but how much better in, in concert with you're deciding what you don't want to be to have somebody guiding you into what you even should want, but you don't even know that it exists. 100% agree, Dave. Yeah, I, I think you framed that accurately, sort of from this from this vantage point now, looking back, um, I, I could not agree with you more. Yeah. Have you ever been a mentor? Um, yes, um, but I, I will again confess, um, maybe I'm the the before podcast and you can find somebody who does after, <laughs> after podcast. Don't let this happen to you. Uh, don't let this happen to you. Right. <laughs> it, 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 exactly. I'm fine to play that role if, if that's necessary, my brother. But um, I think I have, I have, and I've done it poorly. And, and I was trying to think of, of what is the reason why. And I think it was this, I had perhaps many of the, outer competencies, external competencies that um, you would want in a, in a mentor. Um, you know, certain level of achievement, uh, a certain public um, profile, uh, a certain willingness to um, engage people, um, hopefully a, um, a, a relational IQ that, that helped me um, see things in people. But what I lacked was what I've what I'll call the inner competencies. So I've tried to mentor others, and others have come to me, I think many times based upon an external competency. And while that's important uh, and that's part of the package, I think where I have been messy and um haven't sort of walked through it well is is my lack of inner competencies. But I can tell you now, I do have uh, a couple of younger 
guys that I am working with, as God has brought me and matured um, some of my inner competencies, I'm I'm much more perhaps in a position um, to feel like it's God's hand on me in investing or spending time with these younger men. So, you know, there was a time, again, based upon external competencies, people would want me, but transparently, I'm not sure my inner competencies were were um were good. Now, again, it's not all up to me. We know and we have to obviously everything through this that it's that it's God's handiwork. So I'm not, you know, um, playing a martyr here at that particular point. But yes, I, I've been a mentor, am a mentor, um, didn't do it very well early on, but feel as if um, I'm in a better place to do that. And quite frankly, um, enjoy doing it now. Uh, and, 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 and I think at the stage of life I'm in, I recognize the, uh, the value of it um, and perhaps if I be so bold, the legacy that can come of it, um, because I love my brothers and sisters in Christ. I, I, I love these people. And so um, I, I'm, the light bulb is, is on, and I, and, I, and I feel blessed to be in that spot now. Well, so that I'm not accused of asking you questions I'm not willing to answer. Um, yes. I, I have not had a mentor officially either. Um, and there was a time when I was talking to a lot of guys who were kind of in their thirties at the time. I'm a children's pastor. So that's kind of my, my cohort. Um, and anytime we talked about mentors, they, and I would get angry. <laughs> and the comment was, where are these guys? Uh, yeah. Where are these older men that, we felt like who should be hunting us down and they were there. They were angry because they don't have one and they don't know how to find one. And where are these guys walking around, you know, and in the stories they've, I guess these old guys have been hermits living in the woods and they've only come out because <laughs> the forest was on fire or something. I don't know, but um, there has been, I wouldn't say universal, but there is a common hunger um to have someone to guide me and if you've ever played sports you had a coach and that's an ish kind of a relationship um but and and as a guy has left his last sports team which might have been high school for most they've not had anybody in their life right and there's a there's a wound there that that we all suffer. So I I did not have one either, and I I I read and I you know I I'm tempted to say Eugene Peterson was a mentor of mine, but he wasn't. He was a man I admired and read, and um, parts of him that I I want still to emulate, but it's not accurate to say I was mentored by a man I never met. Right. Um, but that's all I had. So um, I, it's, that's what I had to work with. And in, in way of being a mentor, I, I am um, in that role now and have been for some time. And as I would, you know, just repeat what you said, doing it better. I'm, I'm, I'm a little, I wince, you know, it, <laughs> those poor guys at the beginning, what they, you know, I can't remember what they got, but um, 
the most important part of of this relationship and I'm, and again I'm trying not to jump too far ahead on our on our discussion but the the role of the mentor is significantly to be available and yeah. to point to God if, right. you can, if you can do that there will be benefit to both of you um, so it's it's not I have to be the smartest wisest man around right. and tell this kid how to do everything that's that's right. that would be terrible so yeah, I, as we mentioned earlier I don't want a clone of me I don't want to clone and inadvertently say this is the only pathway for you that would be tragic yeah yeah tragic because as the mentee and I I love the word jacked up yeah so is the mentor Yes. And you have to both keep that in mind as you go. And if your mentor gives you guidance that is not good, it's your job to cast it aside. But here I am getting ahead of us ourselves again. So, no, so it's a real critical point. I mean, you know, I'm not sure if a, a working definition of, 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 a, of a qualification of a mentor is being aware of how jacked up they are but still feeling like God can use them. Yeah. You know, that level of maturity that knows how jacked up they are, knows how messed up they are, but still recognizes the fact that, that God can use them, um, use me in that, in, in his grand tapestry. So you're right, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but that's a, a great observation, Dave. So let's get into that then. So who... What are the qualifications to be a mentor? So I've been um, playing around with this and I've kind of used an acrostic and uh, we'll start it out with um, a divine mentorship, a divine mentor. And, and each of the letters in, in the word divine, I, I think could stand for something that would represent a quality of a mentor, and, and perhaps we can maybe just use that and, and kind of talk through some of those things that that they uh, stand for. Um, so this is the moment when you're supposed to grab a pen because <laughs> you do want to write this down. I I know what's coming, and I mean you can re you can go back 15 seconds at a spot to catch this the second time. But forewarning, grab something to write with. Go ahead. Well, well, thank you, Dave. This is. Um, Again, just something I've been kind of thinking through. And so, so the D in divine, when you're looking for a quality of a mentor, and, and you um, articulated it early, Dave, um, and that is that there, you want a mentor where there's a dependence on God, an acknowledgement of the mentor that um, it is not him, but God working through him um, that does all things. And so if you uh, run across and, and sort of, it can work both ways. Here are the qualities of a mentor, and then here are the qualities of someone who shouldn't be a mentor. And if the mentor is wanting to make a clone of themselves and um, sort of stops down on, on, on them alone and doesn't point you to God, as you mentioned earlier, Dave, um, I, I would run and, and run fast from, from that person. So a, a good quality of a mentor is they have a dependency on God. 
the I, and Gabe, Dave, you can stop and interrupt me anytime as, as we walk through this. The I, I, I stands for, to me, intentionality. And, and that's what was missing in, in your life, Dave, and in my life. You know, we were ob observant and, and God in his infinite mercy and grace allowed us perhaps to see some things through Eugene Peterson, in my case, through um, some people in my life that, that I wanted to do things different then because it just didn't feel right the way that they were doing. But a good mentor is intentional. It, there's no accidental mentoring. I think that there's a, an understanding and, and a purposefulness as opposed to a randomness and, and a um, sort of crisis-only type mentoring. Um, I, I think it's, it's a, a purposeful, intentional um, relationship that, that um, separates a mentor and a mentee relationship from just um, someone who's concerned about you, you know, or, or you're concerned about them, intentionality and purposefulness. And sometimes that's, that's really hard these days because it does take time. Um, if you're going to be a mentor and you're going to step into that role, it, you need to be intentional. And by definition, that means you're going to have to give time away. And if you're not ready to do that, then you shouldn't be a mentor. Right. Um, the, the, the next one, uh, the V, um, I have stands for vulnerability. Um, again, to avoid the sort of um, psychology term of one up, one down, where, you know, I'm up and you get to um, sort of learn at, at, at the base of my feet, there's a vulnerability that they ha you have to be willing to um, not present yourself as having it all together, you know, in an appropriate way you've got to be able to, not in a shock and awe way for the most part, but in an appropriate way, you've got to be willing to talk about your stuff. You've got to be willing to um, be vulnerable enough to um, not have it all together, you know, at, at, at that particular point. So vulnerability is, um, I think, a real key to find in a mentor. Are, are they willing um, to, to share some of the things in their life that have um, meaning, even if they don't um, sort of translate real well to some Christian tradition or Christian pathway. Um, and, you know, nowadays, Dave, it's, it's hard to be vulnerable because when you're vulnerable, you, you can get shots taken at you, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and that's not always easy for people to, to put themselves in a position such as that. Yeah. The next one um, that, that I think is, is really important is I think a good mentor has the capacity to be introspective, which means you know yourself. There's that old adage in counseling, you have to know all about yourself to make it not about yourself. Um, so you have to be, a mentor should be introspective. Um, kind of what I was alluding to before, that I, I'm beginning to understand my my inner competencies, which were lacking, and that God has graciously begun to mature in me. So I think a mentor has to have an introspective um, capacity, because if you're just trying to do it on your external competencies, I, I think you run afoul and you mess it up. Um, so to be vulnerable, and then to be have the introspection is what um, sort of 
allows you to articulate some of these vulnerabilities. Um, but I know the people that I see, you know, Dave, I, I, I think, I think you've got a, a beautiful maturity and, and, um, through your study and through your own prayer time and through our discussions, the willingness to be introspective is, is critical. And, and quite frankly, that's hard because I look inside me and I don't see things that I really like all the time. Yeah. Well, I, I think one of the benefits of a mentor-mentee relationship, it goes both ways. If it's, if it's done properly, the mentor is changed in the process. And that's best done if I'm open to it. Well, that's only, you know, that's the only way it can happen. And it's a delight to learn from a kid who's smarter than me, but doesn't have my life experience yet. I, my goodness, this guy is brilliant in some ways and an idiot in other ways. And he's got stuff to teach me. Um, And I, I think the nature of the relationship, I think the nature of relationship is we are both altered by it. I, I, I think, I think that's exactly right. And, and that kind of, again, adds a little um, grist to that element of vulnerability that you have to be vulnerable enough to realize you don't know everything. And this kid using that kind of relationship, this kid can actually, um, God can use him to illuminate some things in my life that quite frankly, I didn't know before I was in this particular circumstance in this particular situation at that particular point. And to be vulnerable enough, um, and, and again, just to, to, to highlight it, at that point, the vulnerability and the introspective piece is that um, no two, I, I've, I've got two young men now and, and they are extremely different. And, and that's why the introspective knowing myself well enough that I'm just that I that I know myself in, in terms of um, it's not just my way. Meaning, when you know yourself, you're comfortable enough to to be able to move in different shapes and forms, and still maintaining your essence, meaning of who you are and who God is making in you. Because if I treated my, one relationship and and it was just like one I have is is a very sort of academic kind of relationship, but mm-hmm. a, a relational academic, but, but I know that's where um, the growth and development is handling it. And then the other one, um, quite frankly, much of the time is spent in laughter. It's spent in um, more heavily relational things mm-hmm. that then allow us to move into that sacred space, if not ordained space, where change happens. But if I approached the the young man who is much more relational with a more academic, um, we would be done. It it, it wouldn't work. Consequently, if I replaced, put the one that has a much more academic bent and I was just yucking it up every time, I'd I'd be a fool and and I wouldn't connect with him. So part of in this quality of a mentor, this introspection, again, is knowing myself well enough. um, So, um, I, I'm able to move and respond to the uniqueness of that particular relationship. And, and that's why, you know, mentorship cannot be reduced to a PowerPoint. Mentorship cannot no. be reduced to 
a discipleship pathway. It is much more than that. And that, that's, that's why I, I, I think um, this podcast is, is brilliant to begin to continue to have that kind of discussion about a mentorship differentiating from accountability, from discipleship, because there's a relational element to it, as well as a, um, for lack of a better word, um, teaching mm-hmm. model part to it. So, um, yeah. Um, the N um, it stands for, for nearness. I, I think, again, your example with Eugene Peterson is, is, is absolutely right. I, I think the quality of a mentor is, is, is a nearness, a proximity, where you can be in the same room um, uh, over a plate of eggs, um, over a walk, over a trip to the ballgame, something that creates um, a, a proximity a nearness because um, as much as spoken word, we all know the, um, how we communicate, which is affect and word choice and, and, and that whole piece of a relationship that is not quantifiable to simply words. And you can't do that unless you're near. So nearness. Yeah. And, and then the final one and uh, review those in a second, but the final one I, I think is enthusiasm. I, I think uh, I think you have to be enthusiastic. I, I think you know you've got to want to do this because if you don't, the enemy, I think, is going to really exploit um, any ambivalence um, in, in a degree of enthusiasm. Um, uh, this is a beautiful opportunity as as a Christian. You know, Scripture is full of uh, the admonitions to one another one anothering. And, and so it's absolutely part of that Christian journey um, that, um, it, it, and it should bring excitement to you. It, it, this is a wonderful thing to do. And that enthusiasm is contagious. Um, and so I think that there's, um, those are just the qualities. Um, like I said, divine, you, you need to be dependent upon God. You need to be intentional. You need to be vulnerable. An element of introspection is vital. I think you have to be near the person, and I think you have to want to do it with enthusiasm, with excitement. This is a really great thing. Thank you, God, for letting me do this. You know, and and, and that, um, yeah, the, those are the qualities that that I obviously not exhaustive, but but what came to my mind. Oh, I like I like that a lot. It's. it's consumable and memorable and um, really important. We're going to wrap this up today. We've got a ton more to do, so we're going to finish this up in the next episode, but um, this feels like a good breaking point. So, Steve, thanks for being with me again on a Parenting Pathway podcast, and um, we will be back to finish up. There's There's much more to talk about on this topic of mentoring and being mentored. And so I would ask you all to, as I do every time, please remember to don't do life. Wow, what a mentoring thing. Don't do, <laughs> don't do, don't do parenting and don't do life alone. Well said. <laughs>